0: This is an episode called How to Accept Someone's New Someone. This one is for Donnie. I hope this helps. So this is about when somebody we care about falls in love or finds a new partner and they no longer are able to be with us in the same way because that can really hurt. It can trigger feelings of abandonment and loss not to mention resent toward the person that is the cause of it because when it comes to people we love we think the most highly of them so when they choose people who are not up to our bar we not only hate them for coming into the loved one's life but we hate them for getting the affections and the time that was previously ours you might also feel down on yourself about this because maybe you want to wish them well and be happy for them, and maybe you try, but you just can't. If this sounds like you, this one is for you. For you, there are three parts. What, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. Change, new relationships that shift to old ones. Someone close to you, falling in love, or changing their priorities to be more focused on somebody else. Maybe that's a new spouse. Maybe it's, it could even be like a new job or a new phase of their life. Whatever it is, you can't be intimately a part of it. What you previously had is suddenly gone. As though um, it just evaporated. And it can really hurt. Maybe occasionally you'll try and get them back into the same position they used to be, like you'll try and meet on the same level or have the same kind of hangouts you used to or engage in the same jokes, and it's just different. And they kind of have moved on. They're not there with you anymore. Or maybe they try, but it's just not the same anymore. And that can make you really sad and cling to the past. Maybe you feel like you're not loved by them anymore. You feel separate, like you don't know them anymore, even though you were the one that knew them best. Maybe even you you knew them even better than they knew themselves. And yet, they're going through this new stage, and you're not part of it. And maybe you want the best for them, and you want to try and empower yourself to be okay with this, And you just can't understand it in yourself. Like, why is this so difficult? Why is this only aimed at me? Why can't anybody else see this? What can I do to help myself besides cut them off? So all of these questions have no answers. Because there's not a good solution in sight. It's just, it is what it is. It can be a really shitty place to be in. Um... So where do you go from here? Are you just fucked? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight, and hopefully some of that will make it slightly less upsetting, and then I'm going to give you some tools. So this is part two, the why. When we love somebody and we know them well over a great many years, it's really a wonderful, special thing to have with anybody, ever. Just to have that level of intimacy is like one of the best things in life. It's like, you know, having a best friend. It's a great gift. For me, that relationship would be the one I have with my little sister. Just having, getting to experience things with another person for so long. It's just like such a wonderful thing to have. And as with any relationship, it is made up of two individuals. Whether or not you like it. You are both living separate experiences. And even though you are together through a lot of those experiences, we are experiencing them differently and making different changes in ourselves. So if you think highly of this other person, you might imagine their life and their perception to be what you envision for them. And that's based on your perception. But you only have a very small part of their story. No matter how close you are to them, you are not in their body and you're not feeling their feelings. They have a separate self and that self is full of insecurities and fears and needs and desires that you are not privy to. No one else is but them. There is much more to this person and that you could never know about or feel for them or choose for them, including who they are attracted to, and what they want in a partner. So when it comes to the choices we make for our relationships, a lot of that decision-making is unconscious to even us. So there's all these other layers that we can't even identify. There's the attraction and the actual chemistry, which is hardwired, plus the things that we match with in somebody else. And those are set up by our family dynamics, um, and they're very intricate So as an outsider, you can't take it personally or believe you can know what is good for them better than they do because the only right answer is what that person decides because it's their life. The choice of a partner or a relationship can only be made by the person in it. So just like you are the only one living your life, they are the only one living theirs. I know that's really hard to accept though if you're if you really care about somebody or if they're real, like an intimate part of your family. So if you're dealing with some more serious set of issues, let's say the person um they have chosen is really dangerous to them and they're unable to escape a very damaging loop. As hard as it is, you can do a lot more good by staying outside of the disorientation, like outside of their relationship is where you can actually be on solid ground. It's from outside of it that you can actually remind them of sanity and life outside of the relationship. And they can tether to you in the moments when that cycle resets. In other words, you can represent to them their true self. Like you become a mirror to reality and health for the moment that they are actually able to confront What needs to be done and what is hurting them. You can't be of help when you are chasing somebody around in their loop of dysfunction. You have to stay stable yourself because you can help people by by reminding them of who they really are from a sane, loving, detached place. And it's really up to them to choose to come out of their self-destruction. Because when you join them in it, You only enable it and kind of honor it with your engagement. So just stay self-protective and outside of it. It's not your job to fix them or fight it for them. They can only save themselves. So whether this is a healthy relationship your loved one is in or not, if a person has chosen it and you want to continue to have that person in your life, the best policy is always... Detached, self protective, non judgment. You can either be there with them and a part of their life without having to involve yourself in their relationship, or you can make it an ultimatum. And usually that isolates you from them. Like it makes you, they'll have to choose, you know, to thrive and to continue to grow themselves. So it's kind of a, an unfair request to make. If you want to remain in the relationship with them and you are having a hard time self-protecting, you can always make the boundaries for yourself to stay protected. For example, you can simply say, I don't want to hear about this person anymore. I care about you and it hurts me. Or just narrate what is difficult for you. And usually people will um, respect your boundaries and your needs if they care about you. This is just another way to detach with love and protect yourself. But when it comes to family or people we love, everyone has to grow and continue to become an individual. And the definition of who they are is only created by them. To not, to accommodate somebody else, would be to stagnate yourself, stagnate your life. And we have to make decisions based on our own beliefs and our own truth. And just like little birds, we've got to leave the nest and continue to grow up. And often that means pairing off. So this is just a natural part of that. Outside of our home and our family, we get to define ourselves to a greater degree. And sometimes you can't see parts of a person you care about. So they might choose somebody that is not good enough in your mind, but it's not your call to make. The main problem, or the suffering I should say, is arising from making it about you when it's not. Because we experience these things as personal. We feel them as something about us. And that's because we want to be number one. We want to hold that VIP spot in another's heart. So when they give it away to someone else, they have chosen for a partner, often we can't accept that. It's that part. It's like a demotion. It's like something we didn't get a say in and it's something we grasp for. So this is what we are really clinging to is what about me? I used to be the closest. I want to be your number one. So whether or not you're conscious of it, this is a self-centered view of another person because this shift in them is something you could celebrate. It means that they are serious and they're committed and they mean it or it's a big deal for them. So you could honor this decision in another person and celebrate it. In your resistance or judgment, you are likely not looking at how they feel and what's best for them. It's coming from longing and loss and what's best for us. And that's because we get confused by all of the various emotions we feel. They're really layered. And as a way to help yourself deal with them, it's I think a great place to start is to separate them out. So to confront each individual emotion and give it a name and write it down. Because all of them are very beautiful and they're all very understandable. I miss my friend. I miss this time past. I miss the way it used to be. This relationship is so special to me, and I don't want it to change. This is a testament to something you had that was very powerful. And to know this other person, it is something you will have to mourn. It's just like getting a a small window into the time that has already passed. And though it's bittersweet, it means that you are both growing and life is taking its course life is about change it's about growing and trying out things and getting to know new parts of yourself so everyone in your life whether you can see it happening or not will change their priorities will change and their needs will change and that's a good thing it means they're not stagnating and through all of these decisions good or bad It'll bring to light new insights and self-understanding. And know that regardless of where things are now, the future is never fixed. Whatever anxieties you have over what is to come, are all, they're all false. You cannot know what will happen. You don't know the future, and it's not really uh, relevant or important to play it out now. The goal is to move through your experiences and be honest with yourself and honor what you want. So if this is their choice, you can't decide it's right or wrong for them because it's their life. And we all have to make our own mistakes and choose our own loves. Also, when it comes to new family members, there is a period of kind of heightened conflict, like a change of the guard. And that comes up when you go through various milestones where there's the newcomer that will have to kind of stake their claim and draw new boundaries. It doesn't mean it'll always be that hostile. It's just at the very onset of it, it's like they have to say, this is where I draw the line. This is what my rules are. And you'll have a bit of a push-pull and a back and forth. Um, And that's because you can think of all relationships as an ecosystem, especially intimate relationships. Often, one partner will have to um, kind of overcompensate for one of the other part- or like the other partner. So, f- for example, if one person is passive, then it's actually deliberate that they chose another partner who is more dominant. So all of these partnership decisions are mutual, despite how it appears. So if you have a loved one that has a new partner, very strong-willed and is kind of forcing their way. Whether you can identify it or not, it's an unconscious agreement that both have in this new ecosystem they've formed. So after the initial boundary drawing phase, things will kind of settle down and they'll feel more natural. They won't be so extreme. You might see that this new partner is exerting a lot of rules and boundaries and control over how the new bond will operate. And it can feel like it's hostile or too much or it's rude or unnecessary, but just this is how kind of the the shape of the new ecosystem is formed. You might see this also happen when a new baby is born um, and the parents will battle over Kind of how things should be done, and give too much guidance or dictate rules over the child child rearing, and the new mother will have to defend herself and kind of bark back and define boundaries over how she is going to mother. So this phase will feel kind of new and coarse and not what you want it to be, but eventually things kind of water seeks the right level. It'll just even out over time. And this is just because there's a shifting of family units can bring up a lot of weird power struggles and feelings of confusion and hurt. So once the new baseline is established, it's up to both partners to kind of perfect it. So you might find that if you don't force uh, an either-or situation, like if you don't force an ultimatum, that after that stage is complete, your loved one comes back to you when they need help, when they're trying to confide in you. And, and that's when you can come back to a really intimate and powerful bond. All you can ever be, if you want to be in somebody's court, is neutral and non-judgmental, and um, not make it personal. It's not about you, but you can and should protect yourself from any emotional harm, even if that means you have to disengage from hearing about the relationship entirely. So that's a self-loving thing to do. It's fine. And when you are, if you do have conflicts, like if you do need to tell somebody something that you think is important to them or to their uh, safety, it's all about timing. And it's all about the words you choose. So if you're able to have an aside with this person and not on a day like their wedding... You can bring up your concerns and you can also bring up your feelings and just narrate them to them so they know where you are. But do it in a way that demonstrates you are still their friend. You're not judging them. You're not punishing them. Um, You're allowed to have your opinions and you're allowed to have your feelings. Neutral and self-protective. That's all you can really do. Past that, I know it can be very painful and difficult to navigate these kinds of things because it's one thing to know what you have to do and it's another thing to be on vacation with somebody that you hate and they're being mean to you and you don't know how to deal with it. So with that, here's part three, the tools. Tool number one. It's kind of a weird tool, but it's called good cry. This is something you just might not have Allowed yourself to do or really thought to do. But when relationships change, it's an outward sign of the passage of time. And this is something you can actually honor and accept and mourn and celebrate, just like you would the passing of anything else. So I would say schedule a night when you can have a good cry and invite this person you love or just a a night to celebrate what you have together. It doesn't mean that relationship is over. It just means that it must be reinvented into something new, and it has to change. So if you're able to create kind of an outward gesture of this change happening and formalize it, it can take a lot of pressure off of both of you. As you both are probably aware that things are not the way they were. So just being the first person to invite this new chapter in and make it official and also tell them how you feel and celebrate what was can be just a really beautiful way to tell each other where you are and mark this new chapter and both officially announce to one another that... Everything is going to be different and new, but it's going to be great. And we're still, we still love each other. We're still family. We're still friends. And I'm here for you. Because this ritual, however casual you make it, you could both go to a bar. You could both go to dinner. It's a way to make it okay for them to be where they are, and to make it clear that it's not an either-or scenario. Because when you don't voice it and you're instead reacting to it and feeling hurt by it. This is how you alienate the people you love. So just make the purpose of this experience kind of an outward and concrete voicing of the change making place, taking place and your acceptance of it and your celebration of it and your voicing of or your confirmation of how you feel about this person you love. You can still celebrate their happiness even if your heart is not completely in their relationship it's a gift of acceptance that you give to them it's like you keep an open door for your friendship whether or not they choose to use it or whatever form the future takes number two look for the smile this is a way to help yourself deal with the sadness and kind of the selfishness of sadness which is to basically remove the focus from yourself and your own hurt and how you are experiencing things. And instead, focus on them. So when you find yourself feeling that neediness or the longing, instead, focus on the person you love, the, your friend or your family member, and look for their smile. Focus on how they feel. Keep your focus there. Because this is the truest measure of whether or not this relationship is good or bad. Whether you like this person or not, if they like them, that's all you really need to know. If you love this person, focus on their feelings. Are they happy? Do they seem engaged? Do they seem inspired? Are they excited? Are they doing more with their life because of this other person? Because you can likely spot the qualities that they were attracted to in this other person, and you can see that there are real benefits and life change benefits. Even if it's that they try harder or they're planning more. It's it's bringing out something good in them. So try and hunt for that. And if they are smiling and they're happy, really just be celebrating that, just that simple fact in your head. That's all you need to focus on to be happy. It's not about you. It's only about them. It's almost like you're standing behind them at all times. And your body is not really in front of the partner you don't like. Because you can honor them by just being a supporter of their happiness. Even if you can't stand their new partner. If this other person's life has improved or they feel good, just focus on that. And this is also going to keep your friendship strong because if you react in a personal nature, it's like you're going to experience their new Relationship as a threat when in fact it is not it has nothing to do with you or your relationship with your friend and If they feel threatened by you They will more likely exclude you from this person's life So you have all the more reason to be a supporter of your friend's happiness Tool number three is called decoder ring this is for anybody that has um, the new person that's coming into their family or the new partner is really rude to them or maybe they're unhospitable or they're cold to you and they make you feel alienated. Firstly, if this is how this person is, never stop being self-protective and never stop speaking your truth. You must honor yourself and you, you can't just swallow someone else's shit. So, you actually also honor somebody else by investing in the relationship you have with them, including if that person's rude. So, if somebody is rude to you, you honor them by saying that's rude and it hurts my feelings. You dishonor them or or you negate them by just ignoring them and cutting off from them and not engaging with them. So, if this person is in your family, continue to be honest about how you feel and don't just take it. That's my caveat. Um, But this tool, I'm calling the decoder ring, it's a way for you to come back um, from the hurt that a person causes you. I'm gonna make you a little graphic in the blog version of this, um, or you can just transcribe what I'm saying. It's basically a circle like a color wheel. And on one side, is an action. On the opposite, opposite side is a corresponding emotion. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on yaywithme.com when I put the blog version up. But basically, if somebody is intolerant to you, they are intolerant to themselves. That's the corresponding truth in them. People treat others as uh, they feel about themselves. So if a person is treating you like a threat. They are threatened and insecure. And whatever you are going through, just remind yourself that it's not coming from just, it's not about you. It's something they feel inside. It doesn't make it okay, but it can make it feel less hurtful to you when you remind yourself that it's not about you. It's like, it's all coming from whatever they feel inside. Tool number four. Ocean's 11 that shit. (laughs) um okay so if you this is for anybody that is going to be in a really painful situation with this other person because if you know what they are going to do to make you upset you know what is going to hurt you don't have to receive it you don't have to experience it you get to decide how you're going to feel about any exchange to come So if you know that you don't like this person and you know why, and you know what they do to hurt you, basically like in Ocean's Eleven and all the Ocean's Eleven movies, like get a big giant spy meeting together, like a powwow, even if it's just with yourself. It helps if you have one other person with you. But basically pre-plan, preempt all the things you know they're going to do and build an intricate support plan for yourself. So a before and after and in case of approach to everything that might happen, all the worst-case scenarios. So let's say it's a wedding and you know it's going to be really tough. How can you tactically support yourself? What are the scenarios that are going to happen? How can you get out of that situation or make it into a joke? in your head? How can you bypass feeling like a victim? How can you remove yourself from? how can you stop the sting? Another helpful part of this Ocean's Eleven meeting you're going to have with yourself is make your own motivation and your goal and your, like, measure for success clear. It's for my family member. It's for the person I care about. I'm there to be them, there for them. My goal is for them to feel happy and completely supported by me. This is their day. And that's just your mission. That's, the goal is all about that, and this is the measure for you being a success while the rest of the planning is just self-support and redirection and distraction. So if you can involve one other person in the planning, it'll be a little bit more effective just because you'll have one person to make eye contact with, so you're not alone in the suffering. If you can't do that with another person that's going to be at this event, you can um, just strategize in your journal and write out, just rehearse in your head and write out exactly what you're going to do. And it's just a way to be really ready when that thing happens. It won't sting as much just if you've already anticipated it, rehearsed it in your head, and you know exactly what your response is going to be. So I would suggest, in general, the best plan of action is to be neutral. The most unaffected, non-reaction possible. And I'm not saying you have to take it And and apologize if they're being a dick, but just don't engage, don't fight back, don't invite more of it. It's like it's like not allowing anything to land, almost like when you see um, someone on the street that is really good at not making eye contact with anybody. That's kind of the approach I would say is best to take with some, especially with someone that's antagonistic. Just another great way to think about it is. Treat them like you would a child. Not that you have to be patronizing, but just smile and, like, nod politely like it's not your kid. It's just some little random dick of a kid that's just like, okay, mm -hmm, all right, I'm going to go over here now. Like, that's all you have to do. Just don't let it land on you. That is tool number four. Okay, tool number five is one that I give to anybody suffering from less than feelings or jealousy but it's also great for a person that has the ability to hurt you or make you feel jealous or wounded including if that hurt is coming from somebody you don't like so in the moment you are feeling hurt by them or belittled by them or burned or um, you're trying to be nice to them and they're not reciprocating it in your mind it helps put your hand over your heart. In your, mind, in your mind, just send them love and compassion. It'll be counterintuitive. It'll feel like, no, but I hate them. Why would I do that? But when you do that, it elevates you. It gives you more power. It shows you that you are the bigger person. Just in the action, it like makes it more true. Because the people who are able to be rude to others are either trapped in their ego or they're threatened by you. But to send them love is to acknowledge their suffering and also reaffirm that you are above it. You're above their evil. You're above their pettiness. It gives you just the tiniest bit more leverage and self-protection and self-support in the face of meanness, deliberate meanness those are my tools. And before I close, I want to give a shout out to Jenny and PGC for my latest donations. Thank you so, so much. So generous. I'm very, very appreciative. Um, And please let me know if you have any, any topic requests. I love them. So in closing, you can feel your feelings. You can honor them and you can choose how you want to behave based on all of them. It doesn't mean you silence your own voice or dishonor yourself. It just means you bulk up on strength and you choose the highest path based on all factors. Because when people get to us, they make us not ourselves. And it feels the worst partly because they get us to go lower than we would ever want to. It's when we react to them and... um are affected by them that we belittle ourselves, and that's when we feel the shittiest. so the truest form of success you can have is to rise above. don't get down on their level, get above it, and build more uh, more compassion into your your definition of self, because that's how you truly can be empowered in in navigating this relationship basically do the hard thing, do the non-petty thing, the mature thing, the bigger thing, and the more loving thing. Because ultimately, that's how you win. That's how you get the most love out of the relationship with your family member. It's how you maintain the highest bar for yourself. You have the most self-love and self-respect. And that's how you Act in alignment with what you are capable of. And with that, you're able to feel good about everything that takes place. You can let go of shoulds and what ifs and but she said, but he said. It's like you just have this higher truth of, I know I'm coming from a good place. And you'll find that when you can be there for others, non-judgmentally, despite whatever you've been through and be the bigger person completely without making your needs come first, that others will feel safe and accepted enough to come to you with their issues and their worries. It's like it reinforces the truth of the depth of your bond. By removing your needs and judgment from the equation, you open up the deepest form of intimacy once again. And that's when you can there for this other person and you can make it okay for them to just be themselves wherever they are so you will always kind of have a deeper bond and a stronger connection because of that because of just being there unconditionally and that's how eventually you will return to the closeness that you long for so in summary you'll have to mourn you'll have to accept where they are and say Truly, if you're happy, then I'm happy, and I'll be here loving you no matter what. The book, The Giving Tree, used to enrage me as a child. I remember hating the man so much because he ruins the tree, and he saws it down, and he leaves it as a stump. But, this is like kind of a metaphor for a loving relationship. You could say it's also a metaphor for codependency, or motherhood, or any other relationship um, with a family member but that's kind of what this is about. That's what love is about. We give ourselves and our love to others as a gift. There are no strings attached and sometimes it means that person takes without giving back or makes stupid decisions and at the end of the day humans are what they are. We all do this to someone at some point in our lives. So the end of the book is the old man sitting on the tree stump, but they are still together. And yes, the tree is happy. That's all the tree wanted. I'm going to leave you with that as a hopefully not depressing last thought. If you want somebody in your life, accept them and love them without judgment. Be happy for their happiness and do not alter yourself or how you want to know them because this is how you will ground them. You can just be a witness to who they are and remind them of everything that is great about them. By remaining constant, this is how you will be just a mirror to who they are and their best self. And that's how you can remove all the barriers to intimacy and love. Change will always be a constant know that sometimes people go through their phases or it takes them a while to realize something for themselves or really own it for themselves because it's one thing to be told what's best for you it's entirely another to know it for yourself so I wish you luck and I send you my love and the strength to be compassionate and if you know anybody that might benefit from this please share it and uh don't forget to smile